sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Francis hey, everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we're doing. The... Top. Oop. Go. Oh, no. I, I, you're supposed to do that. Damn. I'll, I'll top. Top. 100. Well, it's a two-part episode. We're doing the top 100 television characters in our opinion and the opinion of most smart people. And this week we're doing the bottom 50. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, it's kind of like we both picked top. Well, whatever. It's a bunch of characters we want to talk about. I don't. I don't know if the order is so important, except the top ten. Well, yeah, when we get up to the top, it will be. But, yeah, we did it uh, very democratically, except it's better than a democracy because our votes actually count. Uh, we each picked 50. We didn't have any squabbles. Uh, we did have 12 overlapping characters, so we made adjustments. But um, I'm surprised we had so little overlapping characters, really. I figured. Well, I think a lot of it was he'll pick him. Guessing what the other one was going to pick, yeah, yeah, and not doing it. Yeah, we, I definitely did that. Um, yeah. Although and, I guess one of us could have kept kept Chris Peterson off, but oh I man, you're a... you're spoiling. Oh, sorry. Um. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. I, I've. I'm always like. I know some people hate lists. I love lists. They. They speak to the uh, anal geek in me. And, uh, you know, like TV Guide and Entertainment Weekly always do these kind of lists. And then you realize, like, they have no authority to, like, their word is not, it's just TV characters. Like, you don't need an advanced degree to figure this shit out. Anybody can do it. So we're doing ours. Yeah. I, I think it's better than theirs. Oh, it's definitely better than theirs. <clears throat> but I, I also like lists, but I like when there's also text attached to list. Yeah, me too. Well... Like it's not like we're gonna sit here and just n- ring off the n- the names and say goodbye. Yeah, no, we'll talk about why we picked each one, um, at least a little bit. I mean, we can't go on forever, but well, I figure an hour per character. Yeah, I think that that's fair. A hundred hours, um, which we're already past on our podcast, so that means uh, I don't know what you could listen for like a whole work week straight to this podcast without sleeping. Um, so if some, I think somebody should do that and write us. And, Did you say could or should? Well, somebody should. Okay. And then write us and, and tell us what it was like by like episode 109. How they I think everyone feeling. should. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's start with the list because this is probably going to be a somewhat long one. Um, so at number 100, my pick, and we're going to just alternate me and Pat's, Pat's picks. Like I said, democracy. Uh for number 100, I picked Jean Ralphio from Parks and Rec. Because, awesome character. Yeah. He's a great character. He's low because he wasn't uh, a main character, really. He was he was a pretty small character on the show. But And I would have liked to have also included uh, his sister. But, you know, well, you can't overload it with minor characters. Um, I think... Uh... As far as as far as things go, I I imagine Jenny Slate will have a better career than Ben Schwartz. Possibly, yeah. She's she's well, they're both hilarious. They're both hilarious. I just think that she's more unique and more interesting. Yeah. So, but I would agree with John Ralphio being above the, the sister in this list. Yeah, and 
just a total crazy asshole. One of the one of the craziest characters on TV. Um, Who's not named James? Jason Manzukis. Wait, Jason Manzukis. Who's that? Oh, right. Yes. Uh, wait, is his name Jason? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm not making any jokes or anything. I, Jason Manzukis usually plays crazy characters. Yeah, too. that's true. He, I, I I was tripping out. I was like, is his first name really Jason? Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he was, he was great. Like he, he was like douchebag to the nth degree, uh, which, and there was never, they never really walked back from that. Like they would make any kind, anytime they would make him slightly sympathetic, he'd try to pick up Leslie Nope yeah. in, in a really disgusting way. So it's, it's just perfect. Yep. He had no redeeming qualities whatsoever, uh, which is why I loved him. And then even uh, his interaction interactions with his father were just so douchebaggy. Yeah, was he was terrible. <clears throat> and and to be fair, uh, Jenny Slate, his sister, may have even been worse, but <laughs> but she was on it even less than he was. So yeah, um, yeah, that's number one hundred. My pick, Sean Ralphio from Parks and Rec. What do you got for ninety nine? I guess for ninety nine, we'll go with. Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory, Ugh. and I I think we've talked about as ad nauseum or whatever that word is that uh, we don't care for that show, but I do think that the character's interesting, and I and I think it's more less about the writing and more about the acting, which I'll probably talk about in a lot of the characters we pick. That there's kind of there's some characters that are all about the writing. Whoever played him will be awesome, and I I think John Ralphio is one that would be it, it's a kind of a combination of both. That was great writing and a great character. Like it fit the character perfectly. I think Jim Parsons just makes this character much better than it's written. So I think that's why. And I don't especially like the character, and I don't especially like the show. But I think Jim Parsons is a funny dude, and I know a lot of people like that show. So I thought that's why I picked him. Yeah, for just for historical sake, I guess it is the biggest show on the air. I mean, I hate it, um, and. It, I mean, it's it's a terrible, terrible show. Oh, which reminds me, uh, a, I have a correction from last week when I said uh, The Odd Couple was on NBC. It's actually on CBS, along with every other crappy show with the studio audience. And I have a further correction. It's a hit. With The Odd Couple's a hit? Well, yeah, it's yep. on CBS, that, so it makes sense that it's a hit on there. They probably got it sandwiched in between uh, Mike and Molly and Two Broke Girls or something. God, what a terrible network. It's funny how you mentioned Sandwich and Mike and Molly. That joke. Fatty's getting fat. Yeah, I can't. I can't watch. I. I just. I, I like I said before. I assume that's what that show is all about. I. 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 I stand by everything we said about the Odd Couple, but I listened to Thomas Lennon on Nerdist, and I felt terrible about saying bad things because he seems so genuinely happy to be on a hit show. <laughs> no. I, hey. I'm happy for Tom Lennon, although, I mean, <laughs> on the other hand, he doesn't need the money. Um, but, That's true. But, uh... Wait, is that the... Is this book How to Make a Billion Dollars in Hollywood? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's, I don't think it's actually called that, but something close. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's doing all right for himself. Um, but he has to know that the show's not good. Um, he just can't say it to the press uh I, th- I think it doesn't matter he's good but anyway so that's enough about sheldon i'm i'm finally going in the, on to your next okay uh 98 
Very new show, uh, but I picked Kimmy Schmidt, played by Ellie Kemper, uh, which we did a, well, we did half an episode on recently, um, just because I think she brings so much to the character, and she's she's like, it's this one, it's totally about the actress, uh, well, well, and the writing, of course, it's Tina Fey, but I just think her as an actress, she plays this character perfectly. Yeah, and I... It's going to be hard because because I do talk about the actress versus the writing, but sometimes the writing's teller me. But but I think I think it's easy to write for her because she's such a good actress. She's really funny. Even when uh, years in the office weren't very good, they're good but not great. She was really funny in what they gave her, and then sometimes they gave her really crappy stuff, but she was funny doing it. Yeah, I think she came from an improv background. Um, and Probably. I don't know. I, I she's in that movie with uh, with. Uh, Troy from Community, I forget the name of it. The where he's like a paper boy. You know, know what I'm talking about? Nope, no idea. Anyway. She's good in it, whatever it's called. Yeah, she's she's always good. And and like I think I said on the show, I can't remember if it was one of the parts that got cut out or not. Um, she makes the character that could just be a stupid idiot not seem not stupid at all. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and very you know just vivacious and. And fun to watch. So, uh, Kimmy Schmidt is mine for 98. What do you got for 97? 97, let's go with Lucy Ricardo. All right. Yeah, a classic. I mean, the show, the humor doesn't hold up on that show, I would say. But you you pretty much have to have her in. She was very groundbreaking. I think some of the humor does hold up. On the whole, probably not. But there's some, like, a lot of physical comedy still funny. And anything that involves Fred Mertz is still funny. But the the comedy of misunderstanding where she hears something Desi Arnaz says and misunderstands it and her trying to break in. Like, that stuff isn't quite as funny. But I think her physical comedy will hold up forever. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you see, like, lists of the greatest sitcom scenes of all time, it's always going to, one of them's always going to be her in the chocolate factory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then one of them's going to be... Uh, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly from DRP. Yes. And, <laughs> and, the, and uh, they both deserve it. Yeah. And what does a yellow light mean from taxi? Yeah, uh, I was just going to say that was the exact scene I was going to say. But uh, Lucy, there's no, another great scene with her is where she dresses up as Harpo Marx. That's really funny. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember. You know, she was she was a gifted physical comedian. There's no doubt about it. And uh, and. Kind of groundbreaking, I guess, in a way that uh, the a woman was a star of the sitcom. It was oh yeah, I mean uh, her. one of the first biggest sitcoms, and her and Desi Arnaz were superb business people with what they did. Like the first to actually record their tapes instead of having to rely on like recordings of recordings, so they could easily sell it to syndication. They made huge amounts of money, and the production company was responsible for for Star Trek. To name one thing, but they were a pretty, they were a pretty big thing for a long time. Based on I Love Lucy, Star Trek was a Desilu production. Yep. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, well, yeah, and groundbreaking in another way as well, like an interracial couple yeah. on screen, which I think the network balked at, if I remember my history correctly, originally having Desi Arnaz on the show, but and she fought it, and yep. yeah, yeah. So yeah, kudos to her. I don't watch the show, but I. She deserves to be on the list. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't really watch it either. But I did when I was a kid. 
<clears throat> and I think it would be it, I, any age. I mean, not not any age kid, but any time kids would enjoy that show. Oh, yeah, yeah. My kids cracked up at it when they were little, so. Uh, as well as the monkeys. All right, number 96. I I've think. never seen monkeys watch TV, so that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, monkeys love TV, dude. They, we we share, uh, you know, 97% of our DNA with, with chimps. Uh, I, I've been to the South. I'd, I'd say some of them probably share a little more than 97% of their DNA with chimps. But, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, but then those chimps also really like... You know, like the PBS NewsHour and stuff. So, who knows? Who knows what they're thinking? Uh, number 96. For Mystery me. Team is the name of the Ellie Klumper show. Movie. Oh, the one. Oh, With Donald Glover. Wasn't were that they were, like a fake superhero type thing? No, I, oh. that's something different. This is, they were, when they were kids, they were uh, big into solving. It's like Encyclopedia All Grown Up, but silly. An Encyclopedia All Grown Up? Encyclopedia Brown. I was going to say, an encyclopedia all grown up would be Wiki, Wikipedia. Uh, all right. Number 96 for me is uh, more obscure. Tim Bayless from Homicide, Life on the Street. And I think a lot of people would pick Andre Brower's character from that show. But uh, I like Tim Bayless because he, well, he was one of the very few characters. I think maybe only one of two who stayed throughout the entire series. and uh, And he had a interesting background he had a well you got more background on him than i think just about anybody else on the show because he had uh, oh munch munch also stayed on through the whole show and as did uh yafet koto uh lieutenant giardello who now after watching homicide over again uh it's one of my greatest fears to have yafet koto glare at me <laughs> because he can make, he's got that shit down um r.i.p I don't think he's dead, but just but in case Tim Bayless had a had a, an actual backstory and lots of lots more stuff going on in his life. Like it came up that he was molested by his uncle, and they had an arc on that. And then he um, he found out or he figured out that he was a uh, bisexual, and so all this just more interesting stuff where everybody else was just kind of a cop. Huh, I didn't know that. I didn't. I mean, I've seen specific episodes of Homicide, but I haven't watched it like you have, and I didn't realize that there was so much background into the characters. Yeah, well, it was, I mean, I had before only watched it sporadically, too. I think they, like, moved it all over the place and, like, put it on hiatus and stuff. It was a hard one to catch. Right, right. And it was on Friday night, so it's a, a bad night for people watching TV back in the old days. But, yeah, that's by 96. Who do you have for 95? Let's go with... A quick one with uh, Magnum PI, Thomas Magnum. Yeah, never. I, I watched a show of it recently on one of those rerun channels, and it it seemed like it seemed surreal. It seemed very bizarre to me, but like the dialogue was just fucking out there. It, it's and, yeah, it, I it is out there, but it, I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed it at the time, and I, I think if I I picked one up today, I would still like it. It's it's definitely an eighties private detective show in that there's not there's some humor but not as much as came later and before it seemed like the 80s kind of got more dry and less i'm mean, just less humorous yeah. i don't know why but uh and, and, yeah, and very like 
with the theme of him being a Vietnam vet and fighting that. And But anyway, I, I thought it was a good character, and I thought Tom Selleck did a great job of portraying it. This is one where I'm not sure which is which. I don't know if someone else could do, uh, have done as good a job, but maybe. Yeah, he was kind of suave and at the same time kind of a schlump in some ways. Yeah, so. yeah I think that, that made it work really well. And definitely it was a show that were, uh, uh, that, that owed a lot to Rockford Files. Yeah, yeah. Which... Having a detective that wasn't perfect and and also owed a lot to Hawaii Five O since they're probably using all the same crew members from the show ending. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. Rockford <laughs> might be on the list somewhere. We'll see. All right. My uh ninety four is Winnie Cooper from the Wonder Years. So I was going to pick Wayne, the uh, the bully older brother, because he was funny. But here's my here's my thought process for Winnie Cooper. She's probably played the best girl next door figure in all of TV. I would say uh, she wasn't like she wasn't exciting or anything, uh, and she didn't really have much going on in her head it didn't seem i mean you didn't you didn't really get a sense of course you didn't get her voice over or anything but she always seemed kind of quiet um but i think um it was just the the perfect portrayal of like that crush you have at that age and the show lasts like eight years he had a crush on her the entire run of the show as far as i remember yeah and then i think nothing ever came of it Oh right, they, I didn't know that. I never watched the show. I never. I, I mean, I watched a couple episodes, but I never cared for it. Yeah, I think they went out on a date once, and he blew it or something. But, um, but yeah. Anyway, it's just, it's, she's just very good at, for me, of uh, embodying that, that type, when you're of, especially at that young age, like when all your emotions are going crazy. Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, there's not a lot to say about the character, but but it's a nostalgia thing, I guess. And a, a, a crush of your own. Yeah, I probably had a crush on her, although I was older than her, so maybe not. But uh, all right, what are we up to? Ninety-three. Ninety-three. I will pick Joe Friday. Dragnet. Uh, one of the shows that you can laugh out loud at watching nowadays because it's so. I mean, it was old-fashioned even for the time. I think I think there's a difference. There's the original black and white show, which is not as as funny, not as like it, it's funny, but not in the same way. Yeah. But the '60s show is just ridiculous. It's yeah. just, it's he's the he wrote the show, like he created the show, and at some point he became really good friends with the LA cops. And I think by the time the the '60s show came about, it was like it was less about. I think when the show first started, it was like, I'm going to write a show about what cops are really like. And it, it was never, you know, really like cops are really like, but it was much more realistic when it was the radio show and then the TV show. But then when the, the Keller show was, it was more about, this is what cops are really like in some kind of fantasy la la land. Yeah, it got, it got like so moralizing in a way that was completely out of step with the times. Yes. It's, it's hilarious. Um, and then I think for a lot of people, when they first saw that show, at least for me, because uh, it was only in the 60s, and I don't think it got a lot of airtime for a long time until the late 80s, early 90s on Nick at Night. Reruns, yeah. And it was, uh, for most of us, we already knew Harry Morgan from, from MASH, and then to see him as 
pretty much looking the same age 30 years before, 20 years before was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, no, Joe Friday is a good one. I, I can't argue with that. Um, all right. Uh, what are, damn, what are we up to now? 90, 90, two, two, 92. Uh, I'm going with Al Bundy from married with children. Uh, just mostly for Ed O'Neill. Uh, I thought he did a really good job on that show. And, you know, at the time it was, when it first came out, it was something completely different. I think people forget. And it, and then it turned into, as we, I think we talked about it when we did a Married with Children episode, it kind of turned into what it was parodying. So it was, it wasn't as good, but. Um, but even when it wasn't good, he was. He was always good, yeah. And Ed O'Neill was. The, yeah. The, I think this is a case of the, the definitely the actor. The actor, for sure. Embodying the character and just doing a terrific job. Although, I mean, the character was also interesting in that he was just a complete loser who basically wanted to end his life every second of the day. <laughs> well, that's, that's true, but I think with other actors it wouldn't have come across quite as sympathetic because he was kind of he was he was definitely a loser who hated himself in his life but he was also sympathetic somehow he was somehow sympathetic even though he was a complete ass to his wife didn't care about his kids right i think i think if you read the script it doesn't there's no sympathy at all no. but when you see ed o'neill doing it it somehow works yeah which is the exact reason he made my my list at 92 <laughs> um all right what do you got for 91 Let's go with the show. I don't really remember, but I I like to talk about Dabney Coleman. He played Bill Bittinger in Buffalo Bill, which is a show I think lasted 13 episodes or something crazy like that. Dabney Coleman had a run in the 80s where he kept being in, in things failed that were critically, acclaimed, yeah. critically acclaimed but failed. And this was an example of one. And he was... Uh, I'd like to I like to track down an episode and compare it, and compare it sometimes to something else because I think it would be fun to do. Anyway... That that's my choice. I'm I don't have much to say. And this was not was this the one with Gina Davis or no? Yep. It yep. was okay. Yeah, I remembered liking it. Or I remember liking it at the time, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't on for long. No, probably mid to late eighties. I'm thinking. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's I know there's not a lot to say, but yeah, gotta give props to Danny Coleman. R.I.P. No, he was in something recently. Shit, I can't even remember what it was. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. My pick for number 90 is Jake from Adventure Time. Yay! Yeah. I didn't even think of it. Great choice. <laughs> yeah, I've, what can you really say? I mean, he's he's definitely... Uh, I mean, he's not the main protagonist of the show, but he's definitely the scene stealer of the show. If you can have a scene stealer in a cartoon... Um, voiced by Bender. Yes, which I'm surprised I neither of us put in. Oh, well, maybe we did. Too early to tell. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Bender will make the list. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of the few modern cartoons that I think is doing something different. And I don't um, know. I have not watched that Morty and Steve show yet. Oh, I haven't either. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Adult Swim stuff, and there's a lot of characters... We could have picked from Adult Swim, uh, and we didn't. Like one that, a couple that almost made my list were like, um, uh, what's his name? That the Fry dude from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> I don't remember. And uh, and 
Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, who's not a cartoon, but uh, I thought he was a great character. He just missed my my list. They could have easily made it on here somewhere, though. Um, but yeah, Jake, I, I went with Jake instead because it's, it's currently running, and I wanted to have some current shows on here. And I think Jake is a better choice than the other two you mentioned because there's more to him. Yeah, like, yeah. There's the... Oh, I didn't watch much uh, Aqua Team Hunger Force, that what it was called. But it was it was kind of a one one note character. I think Jake has more to him. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, and I mean, you could say the same thing about Triumph. It's yeah, kind I, of a one note character. Yeah, yeah. No, Jake's funny. More, I have no problem with that. But yeah, yeah, Jake's more fully rounded. So that's mine for number ninety. What do you got for eighty nine? Let's go for with. Uh, Barney from How I Met Your Mother. This is another choice similar to Sheldon that don't really like the show that much. Don't, but and and also similar to Al Bundy, the character could be an asshole, but with Neil Patrick Harris, he becomes really sympathetic and kind of awesome. And I think they actually had to change the show, the way the show ran, because of how good he was. The the people were sympathetic to him, and then that's if I don't know if you watched the whole show, but the the final season had a ending that pissed people off because they changed his character and then they changed it right back to where he was before, which was stupid. So yeah, that's my choice. I think Neil Patrick Harris makes almost anything good. Yeah. I, I am not a fan of the show and I did, did not watch it, uh, through the end. I only saw it when there was nothing else on late at nine. It was in reruns. Um, but, uh, but Neil Patrick Harris for sure deserves to be on here. It's, too bad that his only real TV work was Doogie Howser in this, so you don't have a lot to choose from. But yeah, I'll I'll go along with that. Um, eighty-eight. I'm gonna go with uh, another obscure one, Antoine Baptiste from Treme. I almost picked Bunk from The Wire, um, but this is the same actor, Wendell Pierce, and Treme should get some love because I don't think anybody really watched it. Um. And Wendell Pierce is a great actor, and he did a lot for New Orleans while he was there. He opened some uh, some healthy supermarkets in like uh, economically disadvantaged areas and stuff while he was That's there. That's nice. Yeah, so he really like got into the town. And he did a. I don't. You probably haven't seen Treme, but uh, he did a. He did a great job with this role. He was a, a trumpet player, kind of um, always down on his luck, just you know getting gigs wherever he could. But he. He, uh, you know, he could be a jerk, but he had heart too. So, um, yeah, just basically to get Wendell Pierce on here. Yeah, I've seen him in other things. He's enjoyable. He's just an enjoyable guy to watch. Yeah, yeah, he seems really cool. Um, all right, and what are we up to? Eighty-seven. Seven? Yeah. Uh, let's go with Cesar Romero's Joker. Yeah. From the sixty, what sixty-six Batman show with Adam West and Burt Ward. Uh. Fun campy show. When I was a kid, I didn't know it was being. I didn't know it's about supposed the big to be funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I think it was like I watched it when I was six or seven and loved it and watched it every day and couldn't. You know, there's the cliffhangers and I couldn't wait to see what happened. And years went by where I hadn't seen it. And then the new Batman movie came out. And I was like, oh, I remember the original Batman show. I should watch that to get ready for the Batman movie. And then I saw, yeah, there was a big lot of funny things going on there that I didn't pick up on. But one of the most ridiculous things about the show is Cesar Romero played the Joker, which was a character who wore makeup and green hair, but he refused to shave his mustache, and you could see the mustache through the white makeup, which is always funny. Yeah, and he, and it's... Well, everybody's over the top on that show. Yes. Uh, but he's especially over the top, which you would hope from somebody playing the Joker. Yeah, and 
the his look is just is a perfect look for that version of the Joker. Yeah, that's how I I know that's how I picture the Joker still. I know a lot of people probably picture Heath Ledger or uh, Jack Nicholson, but yeah, that's that's my Joker. That was the first Joker I ever saw. So, um, all right, uh, we on eighty six I think, mm-hmm. and I've got Frank Costanza from Seinfeld, just because uh, I feel like Jerry Stiller is uh, an unsung hero of comedy. Actually, he's probably not unsung, but even on even on that um, the dumb show King of Queens, he would always crack me up. I, he's just one of those yeah. people like every time he opens his mouth, I laugh. I think the thing about King of Queens is basically a sequel to Frank Costanza. It was almost the same character. Well, yeah, I think I think that's just him. <laughs> I, I think he's just a a shouty. I mean, he's so good at doing that shouty, crazy old man thing. Yeah, yeah. But, well, and this is a case. No, it's not. I'm sorry. Never mind. I was going to say this is a case where we can actually compare the writing to the actor, but no, that's that's Jerry's Jerry's father that they changed mid midstream. Well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, they didn't change George's father. I don't, I don't no. think George's parents even came on until later in the series. So. Right, and once they came, it was it was Ben Stiller or not? Yeah, it was Ben Stiller in the time time <laughs> travel role. That 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 might have worked. I mean, that would have made the show a little more surreal than it already was. Yeah, uh, yeah, just a hilarious. Every every time he says something, I I crack up. So Frank Costanza for me for eighty six. Eighty five. I'll go with R.I.P. Spock. Oh, Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Nimoy, uh, somehow doing, I don't know, is kind of a a thankless role because it was so dry so just unemotional of course but he was perfect at it well yeah probably you know I think a lot of people would pick uh, James T. Kirk from that show but I I was never a fan of the original Star Trek unlike most people because I I think I hadn't I didn't even see it uh, until after I'd already seen Star Wars and it seemed like really old and you know corny but uh, yeah I think we were late on that. I don't know if you're right. I think it would be a 50-50 split between Kirk and Spock. Kirk, yeah, but I well, from that show. I always I didn't like Kirk. He seemed very uh, arrogant no. to me. Yeah, no. but and I only had basically I had like I thought Star Trek was boring, and then Next Generation came out, and I was like, well, let me go back to the original. And I have Kirk to compare to Jean-Luc Picard, and Jean-Luc Picard is so so much better. Way better. That's that's not even. I don't even know why people argue about that on the internet. It's obvious Jean-Luc Picard wins that, but Spock yep. Spock was a a great iconic character and mm-hmm. um and and it's it's interesting how Nimoy for half his career fought that and then he embraced it and then he eventually embraced it yeah yeah well what else was he going to embrace you know unsolved <laughs> mysteries or whatever that show was he did that in search par- of in search of the paranormal in search of Noah's yeah. Ark <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, and he was a he was a it was an interesting character because uh, something they couldn't really do in in other TV shows, but because this one was uh, set in space with like alien races and stuff, he he was a character that could stand outside of everybody else and see things in a completely different way. So yeah, it, it like shone a different light on their uh, their problems and stuff. So yeah, no, that's good. Uh, yeah, eighty four. Um, 
I think Tyrion Lannister is my pick. Game of Thrones. The Dink. A show you no longer watch. If I'm, I'll probably keep watching. I just, okay. I, I don't think it's nearly as great as most people do. Um, I only know him from the books, and he's also a great character in the book. So. Yeah, he's probably the only sympathetic character on the show at this point. Um, and I just think his his acting uh, is just a step above everybody else on the show as well. So, uh, I mean, the, the dude who played uh, King Joffrey was great because you really hated him. <laughs> but uh, the Dink is the only one you really sympathize with, or at least I do at this point. Like everybody else, I'm just like, oh, God, you're terrible. I don't... <laughs> Even Jon Snow? I guess Jon Snow's okay. He's just kind of boring. But uh, I guess, uh, what's her name? The the youngest daughter. I can't remember her name right now. Um, she's somewhat sympathetic, but but she's not nearly the actor that, that uh, Peter Dinklage is. So Tyrion Lannister, my pick for 84. Let's go with Krusty the Clown. Krusty Simpsons, the Clown. Fun character. That's it. A voice by I don't know is it it's Harry Shear? Uh, uh, I don't know, actually. I, we should have looked that up. Yeah, I didn't even think of having to look it up, but it's it is tough to choose who's doing which voice. Yeah, uh, Dan Castellina. And... Oh, it is. Yep. Okay, so Homer is the voice of Krusty, <laughs> and he also has the face of Krusty as as they showed in that one episode when Homer became a fake Krusty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's. I don't know that I would pick him as one of my favorites from The Simpsons, but he's. Um, I think he's iconic. I think that's why I created him. He would, he's not one of my favorites, but he's such an iconic character. I want to talk about him a little bit. And I, they gave him, they were constantly giving him more backstory. They have uh, his father and why he left, and just his brother and whatever you know, everything that goes on with him. Is just it's just fun. Well, he's also. Uh, He's also kind of a, an archetype that I think like younger viewers would not be aware of, of like that Borscht Belt comic, you know, yes, kind of Jackie yes. Mason type. Which is hilarious because it's a clown. So even from the beginning, it was like a weird combination. Yeah, yeah. A, a children's show, show clown who happened to have that background, <laughs> odd background. And he's also a, a fairly terrible human being that, uh, yes. that they <laughs> make sympathetic, so... Um, all right, that was 83. So uh, 82, I'm going with Ron Harris from Barney Miller. Uh, I had a tough time between, you know, you you could go with Fish, Abe Vigoda, of course. Um, and But he didn't really do a lot on that show. Um, I mean, he was hilarious. He went to the bathroom a lot. Yeah, he didn't he didn't have much of a of a backstory. Um, I mean, they did do that spinoff show, Fish, that was kind of terrible. <laughs> um, and then, and then uh, Jack Sue Yamana was another choice because he was like so hilariously deadpan about everything. But I went with uh, I went with Ron Harris, played by uh, oh fuck, what's his name? Ron Glass. Ron Glass, yeah, uh, because he was he was like both suave and street smart at the same time, and he always had like a good comeback for everybody he was very quick on his feet and uh and i just really loved the character like 
the way he calls everybody baby. <laughs> and, and uh he was he was like fully more fully fleshed out than than the other two choices from Barney Miller, I think. So um and Barney Miller had to be represented on this list, I feel like. That's fair. I didn't think of any Barney Millers, but I, I think any of those choices even Barney Miller himself would have been a fine choice in my mind. Yeah, but or I, and Dietrich too yeah, who was who yeah. was great, yeah. Just don't pick Wojo. No, yeah, he's the he's the sad sack of the bunch. Or the that guy who always wanted to be a detective, Levitt. Oh, Levitt, yeah, no. Ugh. Um, well, I mean, they're all great actors. I was at the ba- in the bathroom. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. In the bathroom at the train station. This is going back to calling everybody baby. And I guess the guy was cleaning up, and he accidentally shot the can into my stall, and and then called over. Sorry about that. Sorry about that can, buddy. And I really wanted to say that's all right, baby. You should have, man. I said, uh, I just said that's all right, but I really want to say that's all right, baby. Ah, uh, missed opportunity. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. What do we got for ninety-one? Uh, Pee Wee Herman. Of course, iconic character. Great character, and uh, the the dude. It's a shame the dude kind of became the character because no one knew him as anything else, and now the show's coming back to Netflix. But yeah. it's fun. It's a fun. He's a fun, funny guy, and uh, it's a fun character. And it was good for adults. It's one of those those things that it was is good for adults and kids. Well, yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a Spock conundrum, right? Because you create this character that is like so huge in the culture and just becomes larger than life and mythic. Like you can't really expect to see people have people see you as something else. Like you. It's rare that anybody like gets struck by lightning twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. you can do all you want, but you should feel lucky that you got that that big character that everybody remembers. Yeah. No. Good for uh, good for kids and adults, which there's too little of, and there's always been too little of in children's programming. Uh, but when when they hit, they hit pretty big. So. Yeah. No. Definitely. Uh, I'll have one of those. Well, you already have had one of those. Yeah, that's true. I'll have one that uh, places much higher uh, later on. But, yeah, that was a good pick. Um, oh, we up to 80? Is that yep. right? Okay. Yep. My pick for 80 is Lisa Miller from News Radio. And Aww. Of, of all, well, it's another, you know... It's it's kind of a crushy thing too there, but also I feel like um, we've talked about before, and so I almost picked. Uh, God damn, what is what is uh, Jason Bateman's character on Arrested Development? Uh, he's. Uh, I know. My I, God. I can't remember Michael. But yeah, Michael, Michael Bluth. Bluth. Um, but I went with Lisa Miller instead because I wanted to put somebody on who is. The, the one sane man the in, in a sea of crazy. Because I feel <laughs> like that's always a very thankless role. Uh-huh. But I think she did it better than almost anybody did. And she had to deal with, like, huge comedic actors and hold her own against them. You know, you had Phil Hartman and Dave Foley who were both, like, just off some of the best sketch comedy performers ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you had like Andy Dick and Joe Rogan who were both comedians and uh and she held her own and she was not 
a comedian in any way, but but she's she, awesome. Yeah, she did a great job on the show. Um, so, and I mean, some episodes she would not be the one seeing me. No, she had, that, that's the thing. What, she had her little periods of craziness, which is what makes shows like News Radio and Arrested Development great. That the the one seeing me is necessarily always seen. Right. Uh, I, I know she went crazy trying to. Uh, she wanted to retake her SAT and get a better score, um, which totally fit with her character. Yeah. So, so I wanted to give props to her and you know just to Maura Tierney overall for her body of work. But I think she did a really good job on that show, and is underappreciated probably. All right. What do you got for eighty nine? Let's go. To, let's stay with sitcoms and go to Kramer. Kramer, yeah, I I didn't pick Kramer. I picked a couple from Seinfeld, but uh, I know Kramer was the most iconic because you know there was that period where every time he opened the door, the audience would applaud. Um, but yeah, n- not my pick. But look, go ahead and explain it. Yeah, I think you've summed it up. He's a funny character. He's iconic, and uh, the last great physical comedian on TV, maybe. Uh, is that true? I don't know. I'm like we were trying to think of somebody to replace Jack Tripper last episode, and I couldn't. Yeah, think of it's any. not. There's not. They're not really using physical comedy on television right now. Yeah. Oddly. I mean, Chevy Chase did a little bit on Community, but you know, he's also very old school. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And you, yeah, it's weird. I didn't even. I've never even put that together. I, somebody has to come back to bring it back because it's. It. It's, it's a good go-to. Anyway, yeah, he's a great physical comedian. Uh, it's a guy who I think when I we talk, I think the actor took over the role and he was funnier than the role. Yes, I agree. I mean, you you listen to his line readings and you're like, I would never in a million years think to say it that way. Yeah, and it's usually his choice is perfect. So yeah, I think yeah, I think that's that's why I'm having fun with this list, thinking about which is which, and he, this is definitely a choice. And I'm not saying Seinfeld's a badly written show because i think it's hilarious but i think he makes it better and i think i think he might be i think if he weren't on the show the show wouldn't have been a hit and i'm not saying he's my favorite character because i don't think he is but i think without him specifically i think he's probably the the biggest factor the reason that it it kept getting picked yeah you're probably right not not that maybe it would have been a critical hit without him i don't know but with him it was definitely a popular hit so yeah all right yeah, no, that's that's fair. I, I couldn't argue with it. Uh, number eighty-eight for me is Benjamin Linus from Lost. And this is definitely one that I say is the actor. And uh, well, no, totally, totally. I forget the guy's name, which is too bad. Yeah, he's on your favorite show. Right. I was going to say I almost put him on from Person of Interest because he's just as good an actor in that show. I don't know if he's ever won an Emmy, but he deserves it for both shows. I know. I think he might have for Lost. Um, yeah, just just totally totally about the actor and so good at playing uh creepy and secretive and like evil but still somehow human um michael emerson's the actor's name. michael emerson yeah yeah married uh, to carrie preston don't know who that is i thought john travolta was married to her it's kelly ah. sister uh, oh carrie preston from american idol yeah, Benjamin Linus from Lost. Not a lot to say. I think uh, anybody who was a fan of Lost would probably pick him as their favorite character. And he didn't even come on till I don't know if it was into season two or season three. So, uh, yeah, there you go. 
I will. Uh, let's see. Let's go with good old Jessica Fletcher. Yeah, that's a weird choice to me. I watched one of those the other day on a rerun channel too, and I was, I was like, wow, this is really hokey. Yeah, but she, it's just, it, I think people are going to be making jokes about that character forever, about if Jessica Fletcher's in the room, you know you're going to die. Yeah. And I think uh, Angela Lansbury, it is a hokey show. It's a silly show. It's a whodunit with with an excuse to have old older actors on, and so people will watch it on a Sunday night. And I haven't watched it in a while. I always enjoyed it just for what it was, but I think she carried the role perfectly. And she was playing it, like most of her career, she was playing a a character that was much older than she was. Yeah, Uh, well, yeah, I think we've talked about Manchurian Candidate before. Yeah, Yeah, that's an extreme example. But But, I mean, she was in her 60s on that show, but it definitely seemed like she was supposed to be older than that. Like in her 80s or something, yeah. Yeah. Well, Angela Lansbury, how can you... How can you argue with it? I did, I, you know, I'm not going to watch the show, and I never really did. But uh, but Angela Lansbury, like Lucille Ball, deserves to be on the list, no matter what you think of the show, I guess. I think that's true for a lot, the best, especially the bottom part of my list. A lot of the shows I don't necessarily like, but the character's great, so that's why I put them on the list. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I've got some that I don't... Well, I actually... I kind of liked a lot of these shows, you know, not Married with Children or The Wonder Years I didn't love, but, uh, and Game of Thrones I don't love. But, uh, yeah, well, let's see, for my 86, uh, I picked Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development, played by Jessica Fuck. I can't remember her last name right now. Um, but she was the, the perfect, like, completely narcissistic self-obsessed uh terrible mother um who who kept one of her children buster around uh just to feed her ego (laughs) didn't really care about him at all uh or any of her children or anyone or anyone uh, her husband's brother for a short period and that ended yes but uh uh, i think this is an example of of just a combination of perfection. Yeah, writing and acting. Great writing and acting. I think the writing was perfect, but I don't think anyone else could have acted as perfect as her, she did. So it was kind of, yeah, she's great. Jessica Walter. Yeah, Jessica Walter. Yeah, you can't even picture anybody else in that room. No, uh, no. Yeah, she, she's got to be on the list. Uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing one of quite a few Arrested Development characters. Yes. But, Although uh, apparently we didn't have Michael. Uh, we told no, that everybody. Yeah, we gave that away. Uh, I don't think Michael would be anybody's favorite Arrested Development character. Great as Jason Bateman is. No, he, he holds everything together, but yeah. Uh, 85 for you? Uh, let's go with let's let's go with Barney Fife. Uh, the Barney Show. <laughs> Don Knotts, funny at all times. Especially funny in Andy Griffith's show. So I don't think Everyone's seen that show, and they know how funny he is. Yeah, as he is in every single thing he does. Yes. The Incredible Mr. Limpet. Three's Company, of course. Uh, Yeah, no, just just pure greatness, Don Knotts. Yeah. So you went... You can't even hate. You can't hate Don Knotts. Like, nobody could say, man, I hate Don Knotts. (laughs) No, I I bet in real life he's awesome, too. Yeah. 
RIP. RIP. Well, which brings me to my wait, uh, wait. No. Uh, do you want to take a break? No, no. Let's uh, let's go a few more. Uh, we're about the midway point, is why I mentioned we're at twenty five. All right, let me do one more, and then uh, we'll we'll okay take a break, and uh, we can go to yours because uh, mine kind of ties in at number eighty four. Uh, Stanley Roper from Three's Company. Let's uh, no, tie in precursor to Don Knotts' character. I and I I don't hear those battles online like Kirk versus uh, Jean Luc Picard. Like there should be battles about Roper versus Burley. I think it's a draw. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably why there's not battles. Like they're both great. Um, yeah, Norman Fell, just a terrible show. But you know, every time he would like rag on Helen and then turn to the camera and do that little <laughs> laugh smile thing. It was, oh my God. I don't know how Norman Fell is famous. I don't either, but he because deserves he did, it. However he is. Oh, he, he definitely does. He did things before three's company. I don't know. Maybe he had like a nightclub act or something or just a character actor, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. He, we, I mean, we saw him in oceans 11, but he, yeah. you know, a very small role. Yeah. He might, he must've just been a character actor, but yeah, he, the only thing, well, him and Mr. Furley, the only thing on that show uh, worth watching. So, uh, yeah, that was my number. What the hell was it? 85, I think. No, 80. 80 I don't know. Ah, we're but all lost. More about uh, Stanley Roper. I just love that story. I think we've told it on the show before where they were up for negotiation for the Roper show. And he's like, no, I don't want to be that, do that. That show's going to last a year and it's going to end. I want to stay with his company. But the, the woman who played his wife insisted upon it. And he's like, oh. What are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> the show lasted a year. Her. Oh, and that was the other thing they promised him. He, they, they uh, if it didn't last, they'd welcome him back. But it was just like a false promise because Mr. Furley was kind of a big hit. Now they should have had Mr. Furley and Norman <laughs> Fell living together. <laughs> that was a show I'd watch. Yeah, um, get rid of everybody else. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. I'll try to figure out uh, what number we're at since I forgot, and uh, we'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. Oh. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's great racing, steeplechasing, the Reformation, transubstantiation, Brian's Duncan's creation, the land of the Thracians, and right back to the start. It's gonna take some time and patience, but all the best things. Oh man, this is a long episode. Yeah, we're back on the air, by the way. Uh, the uh, So we're at 73, we determined. I don't know what the hell we are doing. Um, so what's what's your pick for 73? Oh, um, it's, I'm up, uh, let's say Bart Simpson. Bart Simpson. Yeah, he should be on it. Uh, it's the show started out being basically about him, and then it, yeah. you know, Homer took over. Yeah, and there's still episodes about Bart, but it's he's uh, that Scientologist does a good little boy voice. Yeah, that's a part of it, and he's well written. It's pretty funny. It's kind of a a jerk kid, 
and you still like to see what happens. I think this is this is important to note for making characters for TV shows. They can be jerks and they still can be popular. Oh yeah, well, and there was like uproar when The Simpsons first came on from these conservative idiots about oh. you know about he's a bad role model for kids and whatever. Uh, that was funny to watch. Are you there? Motherfucker. All right. Hold on, everybody. All right. So, Bart Simpson. Uh, we had technical problems, and now it is the next day. As far as they know. Do we talk about Bart Simpson? Yeah, you talked about him, and then we got okay. cut off. Uh, okay, so now it's your turn. It's hard to remember things from 24 hours ago. Yep. Yeah. My my next pick is uh, Roseanne Connor at 72. Uh, from Roseanne. You know, she was... The character was pretty groundbreaking. It was kind of a um, kind of a female Al Bundy, but way more sympathetic. I mean, she was a real person. Where yeah, he, I, where I, he was a I, cartoon, you know. I don't think I'd even. even I guess call her yeah, that. she was brash and rough and uh, and blue collar. But she was real. There was like she didn't like she had real emotions, and it wasn't just like ironic, right, right, hatred or anything like that. She was. It was a very I mean, you call it blue collar, right? But it's a very real feeling sitcom, and that was new. Yeah, it was. I almost picked uh, Darlene, who I thought was a good, really good character too. But uh, but Roseanne kind of was kind of a game changer. I feel like, and and it was her baby. Yeah. Uh, and even yeah, and though I... it it kind of turned shitty in later seasons, it was. I watched it all the time when it was on. So. Yeah, I watched it when it was on. I don't know if it holds up. But it, it probably doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. No, it was. F- for its time, it was, uh, it was pretty great. So, and that first season is all like based on her stand-up, and it's, it's, it's like the first season of uh, Cosby Show. Well, not that she's a, a date raper, but the like, there's just all this. She had so much content in her stand-up that they were able to create a whole season of a sitcom, and I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I mean, are you sure she's not a date rapist? Because how else is she going to get a hunk of man like uh, Tom Arnold? Well, there is love. I think those two kids are still together, which is pretty neat. Yeah, those kind of Hollywood romances don't usually last this long. Uh, all right, what do you got for 71? Uh, Jack McCoy, Law & Order, played Law by order, Sam yeah. Larson. The uh, only good Law & Order, let's be real. Yeah, <laughs> well, I like Criminal Intents just to watch... Uh, What's his name, Chief the Scenery? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I am really happy about him being in Daredevil. Anyway, Jack McCoy... Uh, Sam Anderson is just a delight to watch in anything, and he he carried that show for 25 years or however many years he was on, and he was great all the way through. Even when they, for some reason, made him the district attorney, which made no sense for the character, and but it still worked because Sam Anderson's awesome. So the guy before him, Michael Moriarty, was fine, but I think it would it wouldn't have lasted if Michael Moriarty had stayed on. Yeah, so, he was kind of bland. So Watterson was great. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, good character. Uh, and there was more in it. I think the seasons where they they put layers to the character but didn't come out and say it made it better. Like he was dating that assistant, and they didn't come out and say that, but they made it really clear. And I thought they did it. That was one of Law and Order's high points where they were able to show the personal lives of their characters without showing the personal lives of their without characters. it. Yeah, being being really stupid with exposition. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, good good character. All right. Yeah, I, I'll agree with him. Uh, my pick for 70 is Milhouse Van Houten 
from The Simpsons who... Th- there's so many characters from The Simpsons. We have quite a few on this list. Yeah. Um, but Milhouse consistently cracks me up. I don't know what it is about him. Um, his, you know, his doomed love for Lisa is always funny. His his status as the loser of the group, the group being him and Bart, basically, yes. <laughs> is always good for laughs. And uh, his reactions, well, I, I would say, you know, how can you pick a top Simpsons quote? But, you know, this is what it feels like when doves cry. Uh, it is a great quote. Has me, has me cracking up every time I hear it. And I think the character is is made even better by his family. The, the, the loser <laughs> yeah, father. Yeah, the schlumpy dad. And... Yeah, and they had him get divorced for a few seasons. And it was not divorced, separated for a few seasons. And it yeah. just made everything so much funnier with, with Milhouse being a, 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 a child of divorce. Person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Can I Buy a Feeling? That was a great episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's good. There's so many Simpsons characters. But I, I wanted to give Milhouse some love because I figured, you know, Homer was a foregone conclusion probably. And so that's my number 70. I will go for the next pick. River Song. Josh Whedon character from Firefly, kind of like Buffy. Summer Glau. A yep. kick-ass woman in space. Yes, exactly. I didn't even know you watched the show. I has, I've seen an episode. Um and and a couple like scenes of others, so I know I know her character. So she does a good job playing kind of a broken character who it turns out has superpowers. And I think if the show had lasted longer, it would have been even better. It was okay in the movie, but yeah, fun character, good show, great show. It's pretty cool that they got a movie out of one season. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, not even one season. I think it's only thirteen episodes. Yeah, yeah, half a season. So it's. I think that's a, a, a great testament to the, how strong the fan base was for the show. Although they kind of have to give it up now. Like people still talk about wanting the show to come back, but you know they're older. Yeah. <laughs> they're things. I've uh, Nathan Fillion's been on Castle for ten times. As, oh, I don't know about ten times. Maybe that season, show's been on eight seasons. So eight times as long as he was on on Firefly. So he's he's moved on. Yeah, I think they've all moved on. You see him in other stuff. Although it is kind of fun that. I, I've watched a few episodes of Castle. It's, it's kind of what it is. It's not great, but it, I'm sure people have fun with it. But he's great in it. He's great in everything. But there's one episode. I don't know why I'm talking about him now, but we're talking about Firefly, where he talks Chinese. And, or you know, he, he has a, for some reason, he has to speak Mandarin with with the character in the show. And the, and the, the co-star is like, well, how did you learn that? And he's like, I forget what he said, but it was referencing Firefly. And that was pretty fun. Oh, yeah. I always like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, my pick, we are at now 68. Uh, Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. Fun pick. Yeah, he's he's always, to me, the glue that holds everything together on that show. Yeah, really funny. Yeah. Character all around. I mean, the actor's funny. I, this is one of those, we talked about a little bit yesterday, which is the actor and which is the character. And I think this is one that is... I mean, a lot of it is the actor, but I think this character is really well written, really yeah, funny. Yeah, it's good writing, and well, and he's he does do really good delivery of. Oh yeah. Of yeah. his lines, yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know the. Everybody else on the show is is fine, I think, but I think he really stands out, and and like you said, it is character as well. Yeah, the whole the whole. Uh, uh, he's a a tumbler or whatever that is, a cheerleading thing. Cheerleader, yeah. 
obsessed with magic and obsessed with being friends with the father-in-law. This, yeah, it's all yeah, around great stuff. I just, I think the the other characters, uh, you know, the actors are fine. I think all the other characters verge on stereotype a little bit, mm-hmm. not yeah. without really, but he's his own thing. So yeah, Phil Dunphy for sixty-eight, uh, sixty-seven. <clears throat> Emily Thorne from previously fantastic revenge yeah and i would i i totally thought about her and my hatred for the show has become so great i was like ah but if you're if you're talking first season she was fucking awesome even first two seasons the show's not as good but she's still kick-ass and getting her plans done i don't even know what's happening now it's she's i haven't watched it the entire season but i think you mentioned that she's becoming more of a victim which is yeah yeah which i don't like i liked her as as this woman who is just taking people out. Which hopefully next season it turns around and she's back into being revenge mode, but I won't find out. Yeah, I won't either. Because I don't even think it's on Netflix anymore, so there's no way I'm going to watch it. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, we're done with it here. Uh, but yeah, no, she... <laughs> she was surprising to me because I thought... I didn't think she was going to be very good in the role uh, just based on her looks, you know, which is unfair, I know, but... But she did a really good job. Um, all right. Uh, what are we up to now? How, how do I keep losing track of these numbers, dude? <laughs> I don't know. But I, I do, too. I think that was 67, so this must be 66. All right, 66. Uh, Louis De Palma from Taxi. Had to put, uh, I had to put Danny DeVito in somewhere. Um, and Louis De Palma's... I'd say more iconic than Frank from uh, It's Always Sunny. I agree. I, I, but they're really different, which is which is what's great about Danny DeVito. Like, yeah. Louis De Palma's an asshole, but he's not the same kind of asshole as Frank. He's not the same. Well, yeah, they're both scumbags in, in totally different ways. Yeah, <laughs> so he has that covered. Yeah, and every time, he's another one where like every time he would do something sympathetic, he would turn right around and be a dick again. Um, and... Which I loved, uh, you know, I do love, I do love Andy Kaufman, but uh, I think Louis De Palma is a better character than Lotka was. I I agree, and I, I, I mean, Lotka was kind of like the Balky of his day, you know, that character. A, a little bit better than the Balky. No, he was, but yeah, <laughs> it was all about his funny accent. Yeah. Um, yeah, Louis De Palma as a classic sitcom dickhead, who you still liked for some reason. I don't. He had a blind girlfriend. That's true, he did. Played by a real-life wife, is that right? Rhea Perlman, I can't even remember at this point. Probably so. Um, yeah, which was another kind of joke on him that, that his girlfriend had to be... He had to get a blind girlfriend <laughs> because that's all the only woman who would date him. Uh, we need yeah. to do a taxi episode. Yeah, oh, we yeah, definitely. We will at some point. Yeah, that was a good... He was really good. 66, Lou De Palma. 65, Ernie from Sesame Street. Of course, gotta have Sesame Street on there. Mm, fun. Everybody loves Ernie. You're either a Bert or an Ernie, and everybody wants to be an Ernie. Yeah. And I, most people are probably Bart, uh, Bert's. But, I, yeah, I was, Bert always scared me because he had that unibrow that all, he always looked angry, no matter yeah. what he was saying. Um, and Ernie was just the, a goofball. Fun loving goofball, but they're still friends. Yeah. Yeah. Ernie. I don't know his last name. I don't either, but I think his last name is Rubber Ducky. Because <laughs> he's the one. All right. Yeah. 
got to have uh, some uh, a Muppet on there. I considered Kermit the Frog because um, he, you know, he had the Muppet show as well. But I, I prefer Ernie as a character as well. Yeah, I guess I, I didn't even think of Muppet show characters. I had forgotten. When I think of Muppets, I think of movies. I hadn't forgotten about the Muppet show. I just hadn't. But anyway, I think I would think I still would have gone with Ernie. Yeah, I think so. Grover's a good choice too, and Gonzo, but Ernie's that's the that's the picture you're taking for the yearbook. Sixty four, I've got Dean Pelton from Community. Yay. Uh a background character who became kind of more of a regular cast member. I mean I guess he was never really background, but he started out having a lot fewer scenes. He would just flounce in in some inane costume and say something incredibly stupid, but then over time he he grew more into a, a series regular um, up there with the main cast, and his bizarre crush on Jeff Winger uh, <laughs> was always good for laughs. As were his inane costumes, and uh, he's one of those characters who doesn't quite know he's gay, but he still has the crush that he realizes he has. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a well. It, it as, might it might be a, a Smithers situation where he's just gay for. Jeff Winger. It could be, yeah. But Jim Rash is uh does an excellent job. Yes. With Dean yeah. Pelton. I that's another one like I can't picture anybody else doing that. No, and I think I think maybe they had uh when they wrote the character, they had a couple jokes and he he made the joke so good they had to write more for him. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it seems to me. Um Yeah, nothing nothing much, much else to say. He's just great. Um All right. Let's go with Ralph Cramden's friend, Ed Norton. 63, Ed Norton. Funny, funny, funny. And not as, I I think, much funnier than than Ralph Cramden character, because Ralph Cramden just kind of screams a lot. But Ed Norton had scenes where he was just stupidly hilarious. One of the original stupid characters who could have moments of clarity. Yeah, he was, I mean, he's basically almost like a, a Warner Brothers cartoon character in some ways. And they did do some Looney Tunes, or at least one with, uh, I can't remember if they were mice. Oh, I, I kind of remember that. Yeah. yeah. That were based on the two characters, but I agree. Jackie Gleason's character was, well, I mean, basically a, uh, violent misogynist <laughs> judging from his speeches. He never said he was never a misogynist. He was no, just a wife beater. Yeah. Just a wife beater. I, we, I don't think he actually ever beat his wife. It was, no, he just threatened. Yeah. It was just funny to threaten your wife back in the, to the moon, Alice, but Ed Norton had, just, I don't remember the the show that well. I watched it as a kid, but the things I do remember, I just just laugh so hard at. Like there was an episode where he has to read instructional on how to play golf, and one of the instructions is address the ball, and he says hello ball, and that just just thinking about that cracks me up. Yeah, he, no, it was he was super funny, especially as a kid, which is when I watched the Honeymooners as well. Um, back in our day, they they would show the reruns of the Honeymooners like on local cable channels yeah i think back like in early 80s late 70s there must have been old episodes that were found and that's why it was on tv so much oh yeah because i remember them even advertising the lost episodes or yeah 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 i don't know how it was found like maybe just somebody had a copy in the garage or whatever but yeah ed norton's a good pick um all right here's i think we've spoken of this a little bit but uh i think there's going to be a contentious one for us so at uh, 62, I've got Stefan from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I, I know he cracks you up, but it's pretty much the same thing every time. So, yeah, I, I'm not getting this pick. 
Really? But you have you seen a lot of Stefan stuff? A few. I've seen it a few times, and it doesn't seem much different from one time to the other. It's not, but the great thing about Stefan is uh, that the the writer of the sketch, or I guess you don't even call it a sketch, the monologue, um, will change things at the very last minute. So when he's reading it off the cue cards, he does not know what he's going to be saying, and, and well, it makes him, he makes him crack up. Um, <laughs> so his, his laughter is like real on that. Um, well, that's fine, but it doesn't make it any funnier to me. Ah, I, I can't. So, wait, let me get this straight, though. Uh, okay. Drop Dead Fred wiping boogers on Phoebe Kate's face. <laughs> Hilarious. Stefan, not funny. I didn't say uh, Stefan was immature. He might be very mature. Maybe too mature for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, it always made me laugh. And I figured Saturday Night Live, so many characters, I had to put something, somebody yeah, on there. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I just wouldn't pick Stefan. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's fine. I, uh, I I would put Stefan above the samurai butcher or whatever that character was, or oh, the killer. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the, that shit doesn't hold up, and you know maybe this won't for me either in in ten. But I put it behind, uh, church chat lady. Oh no, way ahead for me. <laughs> obviously. Uh, Mr. Peabody, fun uh, cartoon, time traveling, blah blah blah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, from the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Yep. Another another great cartoon for children and adults. Yes, uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, where they every episode they travel in time to some historical event. So it's semi-educational, but not really when you watch it. It's just no, it's more funny. fun. Yeah, and and I always kind of like Mr. Sherman's attitude of just like, God damn you, stupid idiot, Sherman. Yes. Will you just go along with me and shut up? <laughs> My boy, Sherman. uh all right well number 60 uh maybe a little low i think for fans of the series but you know i imagine there's probably another character coming up from the show jimmy mcnulty from the wire um just because he's i i don't know he's a lot of people would pick stringer bell over him but um jimmy mcnulty's more a more nuanced character and definitely flawed and always thinks he's right and a lot of times he is so it that does nothing to help his egotism but also you know a fuck up too he's definitely a got a drinking problem um but a great detective and and uh damn what is his name dominic whatever his name is the actor does a really good job and a really good american accent yeah, I was shocked to find out he wasn't he wasn't from Baltimore. Well, not from Baltimore, but, you know. From the U.S., at least, yes. Yeah. Well, same with Stringer Bell for me. Yeah, I had no idea. Right, right. Is, was it Dominic West? Yeah, Dominic, Dominic West, West, yeah. Um, so yeah. I've only seen, as mentioned numerous times, I've only seen most of the first season. And as far as that goes, he's like the star. Yeah, and that, that changes as it goes on. Okay. Um, and it becomes way more ensemble. There's actually a season where he's hardly even in it at all, but it... it it works for the story, you know. Well, even um, even in the first season, he kind of goes further and further from the star. So it's it's not like that was a a change in plan. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, he's he's great and should I don't know could probably be higher than number sixty, but uh, that's where I put him. Uh, what do you got? He was for also this? in the three hundred, and he's also on the Showtime series The Affair and with Maura Tierney. Oh, I was wondering. Mentioned. But... Is, have you seen it? Is that any good? Yeah, it's 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 good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. 
Nice to see more attorney do good things. Josiah Bartlett, President Martin Sheen from The West Wing. Number 59. A character who was created just to show up now and then was so great that they had to have him be a, a kind of a huge part of the show. Kind of like Dean Pelton. Yeah. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know for sure that Dean Pelton was, I know for sure that this character was not supposed to be a big part of the show. Yeah. And I have not seen it, so I have to defer to your judgment, but everybody tells me I should watch the West Wing, so. Yeah, it's, it's good. I did not watch past the, when Aaron Sorkin live, leaves at some point and then I just stopped watching. So I don't know if it's it stays good, but it it it's it's the his best. Uh, has have he, has he, he hasn't had any other shows. No, I've never watched Sports Night, so I don't know if that's any good. And and we 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 know that the, the Saturday Night Live experiment was yeah, terrible, it was awful. So this is the best show that I've watched of his of Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, and and specifically uh, Josiah Bartley's, it's the it's pre, it's the Democratic president any Democrat would have wanted. It was like smart like Clinton, but not a scumbag and um, not loyal. I'm trying to think of it. Just, I don't know what word to think of. Honorable, an honorable Democratic president. Oh, so, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a an honorable anything president's kind of a myth. But <laughs> yeah. And not only honorable, but intelligent. So like there's scenes where he's just off the cuffs, like quoting law and quoting Shakespeare and quoting. So just a really intelligent yeah, the president we all want. Yeah. Well, speaking of political shows, this is somebody I considered uh, for, and well, political is maybe stretching it a bit. Um, for my list was going to be Jack Bauer from 24, but that that last season that they just did last year or whatever <laughs> was so made me so mad that I kicked him off the list. <laughs> that's that's like Emily Thorne. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. What are we at uh, 58. I've got Elizabeth Jennings from The Americans, played by Carrie Russell, uh, who does an excellent acting job on this. And um, and well, everybody does a, a good job. You know, I could do I could do without the kids. Note to uh, note to political TV thriller writers like uh, The Americans and uh, Homeland. Nobody cares about the kids, man. Oh, I'm going to disagree. I mean, I'm not I'm not up to date on the Americans, but I watched the first two seasons and I thought having the kids there added a, an extra le- level of stress that makes that show better. It's true. Intention because you know, part of the, part of the stress could, because if there wasn't any kids, they could just move someplace else so easily, but they have a fam- They have a whole family to protect as well as their spy job. So it's, it's uh, right. I just don't, I don't want the kids storylines. That's all. And there's also the added thing, which I think is interesting, is if the kids are ever going to find out what they do and how they will react. Yeah, you so, got you got to keep watching, dude. Um, okay. I the guess they do. the uh, we were talking about Emily Thorne on Revenge. Elizabeth Jennings is a super kick-ass woman too, and a Russian spy who you come to sympathize with. So that's a pretty that's a pretty tall order for uh for any kind of actor to do and uh, mm-hmm. she does it really well and uh paired with the husband whose name i forget he he's i also mean he's great. a str- what also great yeah and I'm, i was gonna say he's a strong like kick-ass character but he gets kind of like i don't want to be a spy anymore and she has to kick his ass yeah yeah no spoiler that's like the first episode right <laughs> yeah the she's great uh what do you got for what are we at 57 56 i don't know fuck adama 
uh, William Bill Adama from Battlestar Galactica, the current version or the most recent version. Yeah, not the Lorne Green version. Just he's carries that show really well. He's the the person in charge of all the ships, and Edward James almost just I don't know. I have not seen uh, much of of the show, but yeah, he has. He's like kind of has the quiet dignity of a Jean Luc Picard. Yeah, I was going to say Gravitas. Yeah, but yeah, so great character. All right, um, let me see. So I think now we're at uh, 56. Uh, my pick is Captain Raymond Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, I, Excellent choice. Yeah, I could have, like I said earlier, I could have picked his character from Homicide, but I liked, actually ended up liking Bayless better. Um, but here, Andre Brower is just so perfect. And this is a case where I think they must have known he's going to play the character, so I don't know they which had part to, of the writing. Yeah, they had to have actor. written it for him. But they're both perfect. Yeah. It's it's really well-written character, and he, he carries it super well. I think we're past the point where we're picking people where it's like this guy's doing more with lines than, than they deserve. Right. Yeah, no, th- yeah, this is incredible all around. And honestly... Just like with Parks and Rec, I could have picked just about anybody in the cast from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, there's there's no weak points. Yeah, but he he definitely stands out. His his deadpan, uh, almost cluelessness to like uh, to certain social conventions. It's just oh, he's perfect. But not in like the autistic. Not in, uh, no, not at all. Not at in all. That that modern way, more like he's above. He's above all that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I think when I first started watching Parks and Rec, Chelsea Peretti character just drove me batty. But now she's one of my favorite characters. So. Oh, me too. You mean Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yeah. Yeah. No, same here. I think we talked about. um, I always forget her character. uh, But the, uh, you know, the the one that Jake's in love with. I I thought she was kind of boring, but she's another one like Lisa Miller, who's kind of the straight man. Uh, the one sane man, but then she is awesome in that role. So, and, yeah. but like, like, like Lisa, uh, Lisa Miller, she does have her crazy moments, she, which makes it great in, in very Lisa Miller ish ways as well. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's just a great show, but, but and the romance trade... between, be, between the two of them, they're, they're doing it slow and they're doing it right. Yes. I, I do think Andre, I mean, everybody's great. Andre Brett Brower is like acting wise, kind of a step above everybody else on the show. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's mine for number 56. What do you got for 55? Let's go with Spike from Buffy. Spike, much if, beloved Buffy character. If you watched it, it's kind of awesome what they did with that character from beginning to end. They, just ch- changed them in so many ways. And I think it's the character who like Dean Pelton and like the president who wasn't necessarily supposed to stay around, but got really liked by the fans and they brought him back and they brought him back and they changed him into a good guy in a really believable fun way. So great character spoilers. All right. Uh, we are now at man. Why the fuck? 54, 54. All right. Uh, Joe Bluth arrested development. What can you say? Uh, I think it... Come on! <laughs> Come on! It made Will Arnett a star, for sure, and rightly so. Um, another another total narcissistic dick, but different from, like, a Louis De Palma, 
or some of the other others we've talked about. Uh, More like a ten-year-old narcissist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a perfect description. Um, Did you ever notice his brief appearance on Sopranos? The Sopranos. I'm sure. Oh, I probably didn't even know who he was then. Yeah, it was it was like the the season. There's an episode where there's a lamp in Tony Soprano's basement, and there's FBI agents. He's the FBI agent. Oh shit. Yeah, I know. I know the storyline. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, iconic character. What do What do you need to say about him? He rides his goddamn. Uh, what do you call those things? Segway. 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 Yeah, everywhere like a total asshole. And his relationship with George Michael is pretty funny. George Michael treats him like an uncle, and I don't know what Job treats him like. It's just really off. <laughs> he treats him like somebody to do his bidding a lot yes. of times yeah but then sometimes it's just like he doesn't know who he's talking to it's really funny yeah he's great uh all right what do you got for 53 let's go with barney gumble another funny simpsons character uh they did the same thing with him that they did with another character we're going to talk about later where they showed his background and he used to be a studio student and he drank, started drinking beer and he became the town drunk and it's really funny, and he's had some definitely like a lot of Simpsons characters, definite moments that everybody remembers. I think a lot of people remember him from the the maligned by Matt Groening, but liked by everybody else episode where the critic comes to town and Barney Gumble makes a movie. Oh yeah, don't cry for me, I'm already dead. Yeah, and yeah, he's he's in a fine tradition of uh, making alcoholism seem funny. You know, you got <laughs> you got Otis the drunk from the Andy Griffith show. And uh, Dean Martin's entire career. Yeah, he's a good pick. Uh, I'm going to go 51. This was a switch up because we had to do some uh, some last minute switches to our top 50. Um, and so I, I'm going with Eddie Haskell, leave it to Beaver, uh, just because he's the classic, another asshole. Yes, another we love assholes. Asshole. We do. <laughs> but, but the smarmiest type of asshole because... He will be talking Nemo shit, and as soon as uh, an adult enters the room, oh hi, Mrs. Cleaver, you're yes. looking lovely today. Yeah, just... I think this is a great choice because it's a character type that has never been done before. It's an it's an awesome character type where he's two faced and blatantly two faced for the audience to laugh at. It's a, I think it should be done more often. Yeah, well, and even everybody around him knows he's two faced too, yes. and yet they remain friends with him for some reason. I just remember an episode where. Uh, this uh, Mexican family moved in across the street from the Cleavers, and uh, Eddie Haskell was taking Spanish, and, and like Beaver was friends with the kid, even though they couldn't really speak to each other. Uh, and Eddie told him to gave him a Spanish phrase to say to him, to the kid, and the phrase was, <laughs> "You have the face of a pig." <laughs> so yeah, he's he's a good fifty-one. Uh, or no, wait, yeah, is that fifty-one? But, oh, 51, because we're going... Now wait. we're... So we're done. Wait, we're done with no, this. No, we have one left. All right, but, so that was uh, whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> so this is this is the number 50. No, this is 51. 50, oh, I see what you're saying. I did, yeah, okay. I did 50. That was 52, I guess. Okay, so what do you got? 51. Archie Bunker. Another asshole. Uh, not my favorite show, but this character just over... It, this is a character that people left at the wrong things. But he's really, he can be funny, and and I think Carol Connor carried it really well, and I think it was tough on him personally because he despised so liberal. Yeah. most of the things Archie Bunker said, 
but he still did it and he still did it really well. So, yeah. Yeah. Carol O'Connor was great. And I, you know, I guess people may have laughed at the wrong things. I, even as a kid, like I got it, I got that he was supposed to be a bigot. So I don't, I don't really know how. Well, I think people were laughing at his racist stuff. So yeah, they were, maybe. Yeah. Well, they were more agreeing with him than, than they were more sympathetic than they really needed to be. And I think that, I think that bothered Carol Connor. Well, he he held it up. Yeah. Well, he did a great job. He's a, and that, that's what happened. He, he he was a jerk in the show, and, and not in the way that's good, where somebody's a jerk and then does something good. He when the as the show wore on, I think he got tired of, it, and that's why Archie Bunker's place was so different with the little niece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Danielle Brisbois, punk rocker. Yeah, some kind of rocker. Um, and right. that's it. That's it. Well, I guess we should do. I think this is recommendations. Gonna, it's been a long episode. Yeah, recommendations, Asians, Asians, Asians. Uh, you want me to go first? I can go first. Okay, go I, for it. Uh, I saw a movie the other night called Kamiko the Treasure Hunter, and uh, I thought it was really good. As I watched it, I thought it was okay, and but I think the more as the film went on, it got better, and the more I think about it, the more I like it. The more, yeah, those are the best films when you think about it afterwards. You know, and I also like that it's a lot. It's an American movie, but half of it's in Japanese, which is I like when movies do things that wouldn't necessarily sell. I'm not getting a sense of what it is. Is it an oh, action yeah. movie or? Uh, it, kind of a dark comedy. It's about a woman, who, a loner, a lonely woman who somehow comes across a tape of Fargo and believes it's a real true story based on the, the thing at the beginning. And she travels to America and looks for the treasure. And from that description, that's all. I, I had the description before I, thought, I saw it and I thought it was going to be like a funny comedy where she's kind of, what, what do they call it? The, the, the pixie pixie oh, manic pixie dream ma- girl yeah and i thought that's the character nothing like that she is a lonely broken person who is just broken and, and is just obsessed with this and it's not like in a fun happy way it's, it's sad movie. yeah really sad it, it, there's really poignant sad moments in it and uh the the person i don't know she's been in other things but nothing i've ever seen uh her name is i'm gonna mess up the pronunciation but it rinko kikuchi is the star of the movie and she pretty much is on the screen every moment and she like over the top awesome she's really good in the role well that sounds and, i like the premise alone like that's pretty cool yeah and but like i said when i saw it i thought i thought something else was going to be happening but no she's 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 not fun and she's not someone you fall in love with it's someone you feel bad for and it's some it's something like I think all of us have a little well not all of us but many of us have like a little bit we feel like we're alone and we feel like a little bit of a loner so it, it kind of is heartbreaking in that way it's like is that what I'm like yeah but anyway good movie Nico uh, the Treasure Hunter yep uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend it's something oh sorry it's in theaters now oh okay I was gonna ask you if it was on Netflix or anything okay uh, I'm gonna recommend something that might be surprising to you a uh, movie I watched the other night uh, John Wick. John, is that the Keanu Reeves movie? Yeah, heard great things about that. I'm I'm glad you think so too. I'll have to see it. It was fun, dude. It, you know what? It's a revenge movie with absolutely no bullshit. He oh, goes out to get revenge, and he, that's what he does. That's what the movie is. There's <laughs> no, there's no stupid sappy sentimental shit. It, it's funny too because at the beginning, you think, uh, I mean, this is a very mild spoiler, but uh, he's like watching a a video of his uh, wife, and you. 
you kind of get the sense that she's dead, and so you think maybe he's going out to get revenge uh, for them killing his wife. Nope, she died of some disease. He's getting revenge <laughs> because they killed his dog. <laughs> Uh, that sounds good. I'll have to definitely, see. I love revenge movies. Me too. And and this one's great. Like the the killing sequences are actually f- like you laugh out loud at them. It's like an old like seventies martial arts movie. The kind of violence and stuff. So it's it's just great all around. I was really surprised that I liked it. But yeah, John Wick. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, let's write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail dot com just to say hi or to say our fifties are stupid or anything you'd like to say, rate us highly on iTunes, even write us a great review. Don't write us a bad review. Uh, like, like us on Facebook, like our individual episodes on Facebook and tell your friends to listen. Yeah, that's it. And just for the record, our, uh, our 50 choices are not stupid. They're awesome. So, uh, we'll be doing part Except two. What? Nothing. Huh? We'll be doing part two next week. So until then, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Watch the news.